What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. This is the one-stop shop for all things coaching. This is the best resource for you to see more personal growth, and we do not stop at training and nutrition. We dive way deeper than that. We touch on mindset, personal development, entrepreneurship, success, stress, everything you can imagine to help you become a better version of yourself. That's what this podcast is all about, getting you results. It's like coaching through your speakers, and that's what I'm trying to do, guys. I'm really trying to coach you to become a better version of yourself in all areas of your life. Today's episode is the part three of the Nutrition for Fat Loss series. Guys, if you haven't checked out part one or part two, I'm going to link those in the description. I highly suggest you start with those and you dive through these. These are shorter podcasts, but there's so much golden information inside of them. And if you'd rather watch the podcast so you can actually visually see me take you through this with a whiteboard where I actually write through in detail what we're talking about today – I'm going to link the show notes uh, in the show notes a video version of this podcast so you can watch me take you through it as well. Either way, guys, this is one, and I've actually heard this from multiple people, this is one of those episodes where you're going to listen to, listen to it again, and replay it for a third time while taking notes to make sure that you're dialing in everything you need to dial in in order to see the best results possible with your fat loss journey. In part one, we touched on adherence and metrics, which are the two cornerstone, most fundamental aspects of getting into anything fat loss related. If we cannot adhere to the plan, I don't care how science-based it is or how perfect your macros are. It's not going to work. We need consistency, and that's where adherence comes into play. Number two, we talked on metrics inside of part one. So number two, topic inside of part one. I don't want you guys to get confused with that, but we talked about metrics as well because as we dial in and as we do become adherent and as we do become consistent and as we are seeing more fat loss, we need metrics along the way. If we do not know where our body fat levels are, our weight is, our stress, our mood, our cravings, our hunger, our performance, all these things, stress, sleep, macros, calories, progressive overload in the gym, these are all metrics and tools that give us the information needed in order to progress our results week to week. But they're also the tools that are going to give us insights as to why we are not progressing. Because remember, if we are not seeing results or we are hitting a plateau, there is a reason for it. And without specific metrics, we can't determine what that reason actually is. So episode one was so powerful and so useful for so many people because a lot of people skip ahead and go right to the sexy stuff, which we're going to dive into today with macros. Instead, they need to start at part one and work on consistency and adherence while dialing in their metrics so they understand what the hell is even going on in the first place. After that, we touched on calories in part two. Part two is where we dove deep into energy balance and that equation that literally determines whether we are going to lose fat or gain fat. We need this dialed in. This is the literal equation. It's the exact scientific thing that creates Weight loss, it is the thing. We can't ignore it. No matter how we create a caloric deficit, we need a caloric deficit in some way, shape, or form. So we touched on calories, what that is, and why it's so important, how to implement it into your specific journey. Now today, we're going even further, and we're touching on macros, which are the sum of calories. We create macros, and together, our macros build up our calories. However, macros are the way we individualize those calories to get success. So I'm not going to dive too deep into this one because obviously, I'm going to explain it in the next 20 30-minute podcast for you, but it's really, really important for you guys to understand that macronutrients are more so a tool than a holy grail of fat loss. They are not the key. They are a tool that delivers the key to success. So I want you guys to pay specific attention to the things about individualization, and that's something we really emphasize inside of our coaching and educate our clients on because if we do not individualize the process and individualize these macros to the specific person, 
They're not going to see success, nor are they going to stay consistent. Super, super important to keep that in your mind as you're watching this, guys. But I'm not going to rant too much longer because I want you guys to enjoy the episode, and I don't want to give away too many sneak previews before you actually dive into it. Real quick before we do, guys, remember that the best way to help me grow this podcast is, number one, to head over to iTunes, actually search the podcast, Boom Boom Performance, and leave us a five-star rating review. Let me know who's listening. Let me know what you like about the show. I want to hear from you guys, and that's how we grow the podcast on iTunes, which is really, really helpful to help us get more people involved in this movement and get more people around the world better results. The second way you can do this is to share it with a friend. I don't care if you text it, you email it, you call them and tell them to listen to this show, you show them on your phone. Some way, shape, or form, share this with somebody, guys. Pay it forward and help me grow this movement so we can, again, help more people around the world get better results. One of the easiest ways for you to do that is actually just take a screenshot of the show right now, post it on your Instagram story, and tag me at Cody Boom Boom on Instagram so I can see who's listening and who's loving the show just as much as I love recording it. All right, guys, without any further ado, let's get on to part three of the Nutrition for Fat Loss series. Part three of the Nutrition Fat Loss series. Today, we are talking about the most popular topic, the thing everybody wants to know about, macros. Today, we are covering macros. Most importantly, I want to educate you on what macros are, why they are important, how you should use them as an individualization tool, and what you can do over the next two to four weeks to kind of dial in and see what macros work best for you, how you should set those up. Inside of our coaching, we heavily use macros. The first video we did, which I'm gonna link in the show notes of this podcast and this video, was adherence. I talked about the metric trackers we use inside of our coaching. A big piece of those metric trackers are the macros. We have our weight, we have our biofeedback, we have all these signals in these measurements that tell us if we're moving in the right directions, and macros are kind of like the toggle that allows us to adjust in order to change the trajectory of where we're going. So if we are not on track towards our goal, we can adjust macros to get us on track. If we are on track with our goal, we can see where our macros are at and understand that those are the reasons why our body composition is changing in a positive direction. So macros are quite literally the biggest tool for adjustments along the way during a fat loss phase. So they're very important to understand and they're very important to use. See, a lot of people don't like using them or don't buy into the idea of tracking macros because it's tedious. It takes time. You got to track macros in this app. You got to understand your calculations, yada, yada. The reality is it doesn't take that long. Use MyFitnessPal for two weeks and you'll be able to implement your macros like that. On top of that, one of the biggest pieces of flexible dieting, which is the idea that you don't need to be rigid with your nutrition, is not only that you can fit some ketchup or a beer or a burger or pizza or ice cream or whatever into your macros and still see results, it's also the idea that we should focus on ranges and not exact numbers. And what I mean by that is if your goal is to hit 50 grams of fat per day, you'll be fine if you hit 52. You'll be fine if you hit 54. You'll be fine if you hit 46. At the end of the week, your averages are gonna pan out, going back to that adherence piece, that metric tracker that we use in our coaching, your averages are gonna pan out to be around your target point. Adding to that, you don't even know exactly how much fat is in two tablespoons of olive oil. We really have no idea if every tablespoon is the same measurement. We have no idea if every olive oil contains the same amount of fat. It's all estimations. So understand that we don't need to be rigid. Understand that we don't need to be exact with our numbers. And you'll have more flexibility and it makes tracking macros a lot easier. And one more thing to add into this, before, and I swear I'll get onto the macros after this, is that 
if you find yourself struggling to track macros because you don't buy into the process, you don't want to deal with it, you feel like it's tedious, it might be stressful, understand that you need to associate and distinguish pain and pleasure. You need to understand sacrifice in order to achieve the goal. Is the pain of tracking macros and going through that tedious process worth the pleasure of finally being in your leanest physique? 90% of the time people will say yes because the reality is that pain of tracking becomes less painful as you get used to it. And that pleasure of looking in the mirror and loving what you see never changes. It's always pleasurable. It's always a win. It's always a great reward. It's always a great achievement. And the sacrifice of tracking is minimal compared to the feeling it is when you look in the mirror and you love what you see. And that's why we use it so much in our, in our coaching. It's so exact. Now, to preface all of this, before we get into calculations, before we get into macros, before any of you get any overwhelmed feelings at all, just remember there's a link for coaching in the description of this podcast and video if you feel like you need somebody to do this for you so you don't have to worry about it and you want somebody of an expert level that has done this hundreds and hundreds if not thousands and thousands of times, just click the link, get on a free call, we'll talk you through it, we'll show you how we do it in our coaching and we can see if coaching's the right fit for you. Everybody else, keep watching and we'll run through this process. The number one thing to remember with macros, they are an individualization tool. Macros add up to our calories. So the composition of our calories is our macros. Protein, carbs, and fats. And I put them in this direction, not because protein is more important than fat or anything like that, but when you break down macro ratios and you write out a macronutrient prescription, this is the order of operations. Protein slash carbs slash fat. So if you ever see 35, 40, 25, for a ratio, it's protein, carb, fat. If you ever see somebody, oh, my meal was 40, 40, 10. That's 40 grams of protein, 40 grams of carbs, 10 grams of fat. It goes in that direction. It's just the structure we use in coaching. Protein, carbs, and fats are what macronutrients are. Macros is short for macronutrients. Protein is a literal essential nutrient. It's something we physically need in order to survive. It rebuilds muscle tissue. It rebuilds other tissues in the body. It provides us with amino acids that are literally so important that we cannot live or function without them. So we absolutely need protein in our diet. Besides the fact of changing our body composition, recovering better to hit the gym harder, to improve performance, so on and so forth, we need protein as a nutrient in order to physically survive as a human being. Carbohydrates are a non-essential nutrient. What this means is that technically we can survive without them. This is why low-carb diets, ketogenic diets, things like that actually do work. We don't need carbohydrates to survive. However, we do need them to thrive. Somewhat opinion, somewhat fact. What I have seen in my coaching is that a lot of people thrive on carbohydrates, especially if their goal is to look lean, look athletic, have firm, dense muscles, so on and so forth. We need them because they're protein sparing. They supply the nutrients needed to fuel our brain and our body to perform harder in the gym. They're gonna help us build muscle. They're gonna help us perform harder to increase our heart rate, increase our metabolism, and burn more calories. The list goes on. We can thrive with carbs. We don't need them to survive. So it's important to understand that distinction. And it's important to try to set up your calories so you can have some carbs in it. Ketogenic dieting works. It's, there's nothing against it. It was created for seizures and epilepsy. It was created for disease rehabilitation, not necessarily prevention, but to stop people from having seizure, to prevent cancer from continuing to grow, so on and so forth. So it's a medical diet. It was later used as a fat loss diet. 
because it can work. But what studies have shown over and over again is that fat loss is actually determined by calories. So yes, you can lose fat in a ketogenic diet. And yes, it might be more advantageous for you because you can adhere to it better. But if you're on a ketogenic diet and you're not keeping your calories in check, you will not lose fat. You will not see results. Calories always come first. So keto or not, calories got to be in check. The reason I'm saying this is because I don't want people to dive into any one nutrient more than the others. You shouldn't be on an all protein diet or an all fat diet or an all carb diet. We should have some balance. We should include them all because they all serve purposes. Protein helps us rebuild tissues and gives us nutrients we need, the building blocks of protein, amino acids, in order to survive and thrive and rebuild tissues in our body. Carbs supply us with the preferred fuel source, not only for our brain, but also for our muscles and glycolytic system to perform harder in the gym. So when we do explosive movements, when we do heavy resistance training, when we need to think, our brain goes to glucose, which is the nutrient of carbohydrates, in order to perform. So carbs serve a very good purpose. Add to that, they're filled with nutrients, vitamins and minerals. They're filled with fiber. They give us a lot of other added benefits that aren't necessarily needed, but they really do help us survive and thrive in life. So carbs are very important. Fats, last but not least, fats are going to be predominantly used for the nervous system and the hormonal system. Therefore, they are an essential nutrient. So just like protein and not just like carbs, we actually do need fats in order to survive. Literally. So you can't remove them completely. And what studies have shown is when you start dipping below that 15 to 20% of total intake, which is usually below like 0.3 grams per pound, but it's relative to calories. So if your calories are set and you're only consuming 10 to 15% of calories from fat, you're probably going to start seeing nervous system and hormonal declines. This is where testosterone starts to fall. This is where women have issues with thyroid. This is where people have serious nervous system problems. We do not want to lower fat so much that we are having issues. However, on the same token, hormones are mainly going to be influenced by calories. So although we need fat in order to stimulate the nervous system and hormones because it is a regulatory nutrient for those systems, calories are going to be a bigger determining factor of boosting those systems. And what I mean by that is that if you have a high fat diet, but you're still in a caloric deficit, your testosterone will suffer. In the same token, if you're at maintenance calories and you decide to crank, let's say your minimum effective fat is 50 grams. You need 50 grams of fat per day in order to stimulate hormones and have healthy hormones, to keep a normal hormonal balance, have normal testosterone. Consuming 100 grams of fat is not going to supercharge your testosterone like steroids would. It's not a supercharging hormone. It, it is a nutrient that's needed to facilitate a balance. So adding more and more is probably just going to increase calories and going, go to excess fat storage, which is also why I don't prefer a ketogenic diet. I have put plenty of clients on a ketogenic diet who have had medical issues, who have had insulin resistance from past weight gain. So let's say they had 100 pounds to lose and we got plateaued at with 20 pounds left. We might switch to a ketogenic diet to break through that plateau. But again, that's 1% of the scenarios. And I don't like putting people on a high-fat diet who do truly value performance in the gym and who value their muscle mass. I do not think it's advantageous and therefore a balance between them all is very important and they all serve a very important job. So now that we broke down what they are and why they're so important, going back to the individualization factor. Inside of our coaching, we use macros to individualize caloric intake. In the last episode, we broke down why calories are so important and what they're going to do to influence our body composition and performance and health. 
Once we do that, once we know how many total calories we have and we need to, in order to achieve the goal, whether that's fat loss, muscle gain, or maintenance, we know at this point that we need to set our macros in order to better adhere to those calories. Example, I decide for you that the best approach for you to follow is a high carb, high protein, minimal fat diet. We give you the bare minimum of fat in order to survive. We give you optimal amount of protein and we give you as many carbs as possible because I think that's gonna be most advantageous for the specific goal you have. Let's say it's building muscle because right now high carb massing is a very popular thing and I do think there are some advantages to that. However, I give you this diet. We break your calories down into a high carb, high protein, low fat diet and your adherence goes to shit. You're not following the program. You're not staying consistent. After 30 days, you're not seeing results anymore because you're not following the prescription. Therefore, it's out the window, it's pointless. If I would have made it more balanced across the board or given you a high fat diet even, maybe you would have adhered better. And that 30 days of consistency turns into 90 days, 120 days, a year. We need to think about adherence and we need to use macros as an individualization tool to hit our calories on a very consistent basis. That's the number one thing we need to focus on. A generic ballpark to shoot for is gonna be 35, 40, 25. So just like we talked about with the setup and how you prescribe macros, protein, carbs, fat. 35% protein, 40% carbs, 25% fats. This is a very generic and a good ballpark starting range. Let's say you're watching this and you're like, I don't wanna worry about my goals. I don't wanna worry about the nitty gritty. I don't wanna think about my preference or what I've done in the past. I don't wanna know what other people use that have worked consistently for me. I just want something to start with. Just give me a number. This is the number I would give you. 35% is usually erring on the high side of protein. 40% is usually uh, erring on the moderately high side of carbs, which is gonna fuel performance, fuel, fuel metabolism, and fuel uh, muscle gain. And 25% is a little bit above the minimum effective. I would say 20% is the minimum effective. 25 gives you a little bump up to make sure that you're feeling really good. And flexibility is easier. So if you go out to eat and it's a high fat meal, it's easier to fit that food in. So I like 35, 40, 25. The thing I would say, which we'll get to here in a sec, I do not like percentages. I don't think they work. I don't think they're very individual. And I think they fluctuate day to day, week to week, because your percentages are based off calories and inside a tracking app and food labels, calories fluctuate because estimations happen inside the app and on food labels. Therefore, percentages aren't that individualized and they're not that accurate. But again, it's a starting point. So maybe you take your total calories, you get the percentages of those and you see what the grams are. Maybe this ends up being 205, 248 and 47 grams of fat. Stick with that, don't go off percentages every day. Set your, your macros off the percentages day one and then follow it according to grams because grams are gonna be more accurate day to day, week to week, month to month. Now, the next piece, preference and craving. What do you prefer? This is a huge key indicator of adherence and individualization. What do you actually prefer to do? Do you like carbs? Do you crave carbs? Do you crave fats? What do you end up wanting to grab when you go out to eat? Think about these things. These are gonna be imperative to adherence. Because again, if I give you a setup and your preference and craving is the opposite, you're constantly needing to use self-discipline to avoid the food you actually prefer and crave because I didn't give it to you in your prescription. That's not a good result. It's not gonna to lead to a result. It's not gonna to lead to consistency or adherence in the long term. So it's very important to consider preference and craving from day one.
The next piece, goals and training. This is gonna uh, basically indicate your carbs. I look at carbs kind of like a scaled nutrient. If you're getting enough protein, you're getting your minimal fat, carbs will increase as your performance and your volume of training does. So if your goal is to build muscle, if your goal is to perform better, if your goal is to in incorporate high intensity training quite often, or if you're a bodybuilder or a bikini competitor who trains six days a week in a resistance training fashion, so you're not doing a ton of cardio or things like that, no powerlifting, it's very high volume bodybuilding, you're probably gonna wanna have a high carb diet. Carbs are gonna fuel more glycolytic performance, so CrossFit bodybuilding, and it's gonna facilitate better recovery, and it's gonna facilitate better performance, and it's gonna facilitate better muscle tissue growth. That's a perfect diet. If you're more of a power lifter, where you're doing one to three reps, on average you're taking long rest periods, you're not doing very high intensity, fast pace, high volume training, or you're just sedentary, you're not gonna need that many carbs, so you can scale those down. So it's kind of, again, like a toggle that we can move up and down depending on your performance. And that's kind of how carb cycling works as well. So this is gonna be a big determinant. You need to understand your preference, but if your preference is the opposite of your goals and your training, you need to consider how you can kind of mesh the two or how you can set up your diet in a way where you can adhere while still attacking your goals. Because if your preference is high fat, high protein, but you really wanna build maximal muscle, they're conflicting each other. So you have to have a conversation with yourself and try to learn how you can adhere better to the opposite approach. Moving on, we're gonna get into how to dial in your specific macros. At the end of the day, this is what we really wanna do. We don't wanna go off general percentages. We wanna set macros by grams. We wanna set up exact grams of macros per day, protein, fats, and carbs. The first one we're gonna set is protein. Protein is gonna be a range, 0.8 to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. The heavier you are right now, the more weight you have to lose, the lower on the scale you're gonna be because it's closer to your lean body mass. At the end of the day, if you have 50 pounds to lose, you could probably eat, your protein should be about at your goal weight, let's say. So if you're 200 pounds, but you should be 150, you would be fine eating 150 grams of protein because your lean body mass, which is the mass actually using that protein to facilitate recovery and tissue regrowth, it's probably gonna be around 0.8 grams per pound, right? It's gonna be lower. It's gonna be around that 150 mark. However, if your goal is fat loss and you have five pounds to lose, let's say you're a 125 pound bikini competitor and you need to be 120 pounds, you're probably gonna be at that, uh, that 1.2 grams per pound, which is over body weight. The reason for this is because A, protein is the most satiating nutrient that we can consume. So while you're on a deficit and you're already light body weight and low body fat, it's gonna keep you satiated and allow you to stick to the diet and adhere better, going back to that, for a longer period of time, more consistently. Number two, it's probably gonna allow you to adhere or uh, maintain muscle mass on a more consistent basis. Studies have shown a little bit extra protein is more likely to retain as much muscle mass as possible and performance during a long-term deficit. So somebody getting ready for stage, somebody partaking in a 20-week diet, anything along those lines, more protein is probably gonna allow you to maintain more muscle mass during that process, which is gonna lead to a better result at the end of the line. So that's very, very important. Lastly, if you're a light body weight, again, 125 pounds, and you're eating four to five meals a day, you're barely hitting that muscle protein synthesis response, which is a synthetic response that happens every time you consume protein. So if you're only consuming 15 to 20 grams per meal, it's not enough to give you that anabolic response that your body needs to grow. 
it's usually between that 25 to 40 grams per meal range. We want to get that signal as high as possible and we want to have a drip effect. So throughout the day, we're getting that signal through meals. If you're only consuming 120 grams of protein, sometimes it can be hard to do that. So you might want to go up to that 1.2 grams per pound. One more thing to add before I move on to that is if you're trying to build muscle, this is a fat loss oriented podcast and video, but for those listening who do want muscle growth, if you're in a surplus and you're eating more carbohydrates to try to gain muscle, you can bring that protein intake down to 0.8 or one gram if you just need it for adherence purposes, but mainly because carbs and fats are protein sparing nutrients. So if you're in a surplus, your body literally needs less protein in order to build muscle uh, because it has an excess amount of carbs and fat since you're in a surplus not a deficit. The next nutrient we're going to set is fat. The reason we're going to set fat next is because it is an essential nutrient and it's just easier with the calculations. There's two ways you can do this. The first can be 0.4 grams per pound of body weight. This is on the average range. 0.3 grams per pound would be on a low fat diet. 0.4 is like a moderate fat diet. It's enough to facilitate hormonal function, nervous system function, but it's not so much that you're in an excess and you're probably gonna store it as body fat because studies have shown fat is literally easier to store as fat and it makes sense, it's fat. There's not much transition or changing the body needs to do to turn lipid into lipids that store. Carbohydrates on the other hand have to go through a different process to turn from fuel into stored body fat. So it's more difficult for the body. So if you're in a calorie surplus and you have an excess amount of fat and carb, you're more likely to store the fat as fat and use the carb for fuel. So it's something to consider when you're in a diet. Now, I like that 0.4 grams per pound range. It's, it's a good starting point. It gives me a good idea of where that sweet spot is, but this is also gonna be dependent on their average intake. So when we did the average calories, we're also gonna look at their average carbs, average fat, average protein. If 0.4 grams per pound of body weight for an individual ends up being 50 grams, but on average they're consuming 85 grams, if I drop them 35 grams of fat per day, that's gonna be a very hard habit to make. It's gonna be a big change. They're probably not gonna adhere to it. And again, adherence is the key. So for that person, I might err on the side of 0.5 grams. I might go with percentages. I might do something different so that we can keep that 0.4 in mind, but at the end of the day, I wanna give them something closer to their current average so that it's an easier change to make. If you don't wanna use the calculation 0.4, you can always do in between 20 to 30% of calories. This is a more broad range, but 20% is on that low end of what we don't like to go below unless we're doing a physical competition or something very extreme. And 30% uh, is gonna be a little bit higher. It's gonna be a more moderate to high fat diet. Um, safer, but also a little bit extra fat to work with. Um, so this is all adherence based. Once we get the protein, once we get the carbs, or I'm sorry, once we get the protein, once we get the fat, we can take both of these numbers, we can multiply the protein gram, so let's say we had 100 or 200 grams of protein, we're gonna times that by four, because there's four calories per gram of protein, it's gonna give us 800 calories. We do the same with fat, but with nine, because there's nine calories per gram of fat, we're gonna add those together, it's gonna give us a certain amount of calories. We're gonna take that caloric intake, and we're gonna subtract it from our total calories from the day. So let's say we add the calories from protein and we add the calories from fat and it gives us 1,500 calories. And we have 2,500 calories to play with. That leaves us with 1,000 calories to play with. Those 1,000 calories are gonna go to carbs. 
Carbs also have four calories per gram. Therefore, we just divide 1,000 by four. We end up consuming, I believe, 250 calories. Now we have our macros. 200, 250, and I can't remember what I said for fats, but the point is, is we have those macros laid out. It's simple math. Start with protein, go to fat, take the total calories that those equal, subtract it from your total daily intake, that amount gets divided by four and gives you the exact amount of carbs you have left. This is how we set up our macros. Now that we have our macros in place, we understand what we need to do in order to hit our calories. And the last piece of advice I will leave you guys with is when you are tracking consistently, on top of everything we've covered in these videos and this podcast, adherence, calories, tracking your metrics along the way, taking pictures, measuring, all these different things that we need to do across the days, across the weeks, I would highly suggest tracking macros, not calories. The reason I say that is this is something I have to explain to a lot of clients over and over again. Calories inside of my fitness pal are rounded up or down. Calories on food labels are not only inaccurate by 20 to 25% because legally they have a 20 to 25% wiggle room, which is crazy, but we can look at calories and they're not going to be accurate. They also round up or down. If something is 258 calories by calculation, they're going to round it to 260. But if you do this over the course of the whole day and everything you're consuming, your calories might be 2,984 on MyFitnessPal, but really you're only consuming 2,800 calories because every time they estimate, it adds to the calorie intake that you have. So you need to be aware of this because macros do not round. When you consume something and you track something, the macros are accurate. So next time you grab a, I did this with a Dave Killer Bread bagel yesterday. I calculated the protein, fats, and carbs inside that bagel, and it was 13 calories off of what the label said. 13 calories. If I were to focus on my calories, by the end of the day, they're gonna be higher or lower than what my set point actually needs to be, which means I'm fluctuating calories throughout the week. If I track macros, my caloric intake will be in check every single day, because they're more accurate. All right, guys, that is episode three, macros. In my opinion, one of the most important things, even though it's higher up on the pyramid, I do believe it's one of the most foundational tools to individualize your intake and see better results with the progress you're trying to achieve. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, Head over to boomboomperformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the nutrition hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. 
I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.